You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. Speaking of America, our top athletes are over in Tokyo competing for the gold, and DraftKings has a medal-worthy offer for you, the listeners. Listen to this great offer. Place any pre-event wager of $1 to be eligible to cash in $100 in free credits if America wins any medal this year. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits if America wins a medal. That's promo code THPN to turn $1 into $100 in free credits for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Pennsylvania only. Two customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Nick Floor. Joining me, as always, I got Dylan Kayser. What's up, dude? How you doing? Oh, man, I'm uh, I'm pumped for this one. Another player review. Banking yeah. some more reviews. LeBanks, I love it. Bank, you're LeBanking some more reviews today, aren't we? You think That's the fans super- know yet? You think the listeners know who the hell we're talking about? Uh, I, they should buy now. They should buy now. We're going to be talking about uh, Mr. Kevin LeBanc today. Give me the cha-ching. Goddamn right. There he is. Kevin LeBanc, as in cashed hella money in LeBanc from Tom, or no, I almost said Tom Wilson, from Doug Wilson <laughs> after uh, he signed the 1-1 a couple years ago. Hey, hey, I'm going to stop you there. I'm still going to say when he signed that one by one, he got slipped some cash by Jumbo under the table. I'm going to leave it at that. Easily. All of his uh, Vegas earnings. All of exactly. Jumbo's Vegas earnings. He's like, here you go. Take this. We're going to try to go back to the Stanley Cup. But we're not going to take this Pavelski guy with us. And then that didn't turn out too well. So we're not going to talk about <laughs> Let's that. Let's not get anymore. into that. It's another day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right, ladies and gentlemen. We're doing the Kevin LeBanc player review today. But as per usual, before we get into the talk, we're going to annoy you with our social media handles. You can follow me on Twitter at NickFloor underscore. You can follow the podcast at StickHungryPod, and you can follow the network at HockeyPodNet. Dylan? You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN, and all you new Reddit folks that are listening to our podcast, because we're getting a bit more active on the San Jose Sharks uh, subreddit, I expect to see some new followers on Twitter, because we're, we're spitting out these handles. I better see some results here, folks. Wow, way to put the pressure on him, Dylan. <laughs> hey, I got him. At this point, I got to put the pressure. You're like, just for that, I'm unfollowing you. Yeah, I'm blocking <laughs> folks, you. we love it if you listen, anyways. But we would love a follow. Kevin LeBanc's got a a bit of a interesting off season ahead of him, wouldn't you say? 
Uh, yes, I think that Kevin LeBanc probably as we speak is uh, packing his bags, wondering where he's going to go right now. He's watching a bunch of different YouTube videos, you know, travel videos for different major cities in the States because he knows he's not going to be in San Jose for very long. Yeah, he was rumored to be on the trade block uh, recently due to, uh, you know, we I think we did that on our, our July 12th episode. We did our little weekly extravaganza about current news and Kevin Kurz from the athletic reported that so you know it's gonna it's been an interesting career for Mr. LeBanc himself and if we're just gonna focus on this season we'll just fucking jump right into it you know he was an amazing off of the map type of player for the Sharks in the beginning of his career just like a late round flyer turned full-time NHLer turned uh, destroyer of all of Vegas's hopes and dreams during the 2019 Stanley Cup run. And he was rewarded with that with a $1 million contract. And then he was rewarded for suboptimal play with a four-year contract at $4.75 mi- $4. per season. Definitely didn't increase his production. He was on a 82-game pace of 42 points. You know, if you look at last year, the 2019-2020 season, he was a minus 33. I think that was like his biggest, one of his biggest like criticisms from everybody that you'd know. Is it like, dude, his plus minus is junk. So it yeah, seemed like, as though, I know lots of people don't read too much into plus minus, but at the end of the day, minus 33. Whether you believe in that stat or not, that that should say something. Yeah, he had his he he was a minus 33 in 2019-2020 with 33 points. So it seemed like. Goal against, goal for me. Goal against, yeah. goal for me. Except, of course, that's not how math works because then he'd be at a flat zero. So that means it was goal against, goal for me, goal against, and then goal against. <laughs> but yeah, Hashtag was, math guy here. Dude. That was 1920, but we're talking about 2020, 2021 as much as we'd like to forget about it. He was actually pretty decent this season for the San Jose Sharks. And I say that with the largest grain of salt. How many times have I said that This for every single player review? Halfway decent. Take it with a grain of salt because everyone around him was dog shit. But he was an analytics darling, but he was not a Bob Bugner favorite. He was demoted, much like Timo Meyer was, multiple times throughout this season. And, you know, it just kind of his, his play and his, I don't want to say his effort because he sometimes he was the only one. It seemed like he was the only one back-checking sometimes. But... He was a lot more physical this season, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he was more physical. If you just look at the stats, I mean, this year he had 61 hits uh, in in 55 games compared to last year in 70 games where he had 46 hits. Uh, And I just think that goes along with what you're saying. He was being buried in the lineup slightly. And if you're playing on the third line, yeah, you're not going to have the puck as much. Yeah, you're probably going to have more hits on your stat sheet at, at the end of the day. So in, in a way, it's a good thing. You like to see you know, your forwards being more physical, but also you got to read more into these stats and look at it and say, hey, maybe he was just getting these hits because the San Jose Sharks didn't have the puck as much as they did the last two seasons. Yeah, and you know you need to be much more physical. And we talked about it with Timo Meyer as well. You have to be a very physical body in this this modern-day NHL. It's a grind of a season. And to be able to continue to produce, you have to lay the body out there to, you know, have a better forechecking or backchecking game. And it seemed like that was something Kevin LeBanc attempted to do this season. And it it's I don't want to say it sort of helped, but it, it helped in the sense to where he had a better 82 game uh, like point pace this year than he had the prior year. 
He was out for less goals against because he, you know, his plus minus was only a minus nine this season. Um, he didn't have as many shots blocked, but I mean, he's he's a forward. He's a right winger. He's a small bodied forward. Of course, you would want you want all your players to block shots because then you have Martin Swiss Cheese Jones back there letting in every other fucking puck, you know. But he had 15 blocks on the year and pretty much the same amount of power play time on ice. But I think. That's where we see the majority of his point fall off over the last couple seasons was the Sharks power play has been bad and not a single person on that power play has been a remedy for it. No, and that year where he did get 17 goals, I agree. I think the power play was a large part of that and he was kind of a surprise addition to that power play, but uh, that did help him out. And like overall, I just think he probably played good enough that his value didn't diminish too much uh, for Doug Wilson to trade him because at the end of the day, I think that's what happens here with Kevin LeBanc. You know, putting up 42 points in an 82-game season, lots of teams I think would take that. And I think lots of teams are looking at Kevin LeBanc Maybe they have a great center that they're just waiting for a good winger to, to pair with. And they're looking at Kevin LeBanc thinking, hey, this guy can maybe put up 20, 25 goals if he has a good center and if he's playing in a more offensive role. So I, I don't think Kevin LeBanc is a San Jose Shark next year. Um, I hope that we get a decent return for him in whatever we do uh, trade him for. Yeah, I feel like uh, Doug Wilson's in a very unfamiliar position with all of the players that he's got on the block right now. It's that he's selling low pretty yeah. much everybody that he has is you're hoping to get somebody who is who has way too much hype on kevin lebank you're hoping to get a coach or a gm or a team essentially a buyer who he, kevin lebank fits like you said he fits their needs he fits their system he fits what they value the most in a player and they're willing to pay full price because you're not going to get above full price for Kevin LeBanc. And you're more than likely going to get like 75 cents on the dollar, maybe 80 cents on the dollar for what he's worth. The problem is, is that he's not worth $4.75 million a season right now, regardless of what he signed for with Doug Wilson. You look at um, Tyler Toffoli, you compare their, their two contracts and you compare how productive their seasons were. You definitely see a difference between the two types of players. Number one, the production of the two players, and then the cost of the two players. Now, Toffoli's not going to get traded, obviously. But Kevin LeBanc, at just under $5 million, it's going to be hard. You're going to be hard-pressed to find someone who's going to pay full price for him if he is to be traded, which we we both have talked about. We think he's going to be traded here uh, post-expansion. So um, Yeah, I mean, I, I agree, Nick. I, that takes away some of the value from a player like this, and... You know, it's it's no point of going back and harping on the contract, but I, I just don't like it. Like getting paid four point seven five, that's you getting paid for that one season where you had fifty points and seventeen goals. But I mean, you had a bad season after that, right? So you're paying for past performance and a, on a small sample size. I, I I think they shot themselves in the foot a little bit with this contract. I think they would have been better off on a on a more of a bridge deal, like a two year deal, and maybe three point five to four million. I think most teams can stomach that, but as soon as you get close to that five million mark, you almost have to be a top six guy. You like you have to be a top six guy at that dollar mark if a team's going to be successful in in the salary cap era. Yeah, exactly. And if there, there's a couple of. Uh... Fancy stats I want to look at for Kevin LeBanc, though, because 
I didn't grade him. Because you're a fancy guy, Nick. Because you're a fancy yeah, guy. Yeah, you know, I got my, my teacup here that no one can see with my pinky up, you know. <laughs> but um, there's there was a common theme with this Sharks season and the Sharks players, specifically in the top six, that we didn't see the the previous two years. And I feel like this is – maybe it's being overlooked, but I it's the first thing that I see every single time I look at – some of his advanced stats from, uh, you know, courtesy of Natural Stat Trick. In the 2018-2019 season, Kevin LeBanc had a 57.8% offensive zone start percentage. That is a very high. I mean, you're at practically 58% of the time you're starting in the offensive zone. It's no wonder why he was, you know, at 2.9 points per 60 minutes. You know, he was a key contributing factor in the offensive zone, especially two years ago, two to three years ago, you have a guy like Joe Pavelski taking draws, and he's on that line, or Joe Thornton taking draws, and they're in the offensive zone. You fast forward to the following year, it drops down to 51.1%, which is a steep drop. You're talking about a 7% drop, or a 6.7%, basically 7 if you're rounding up, but a 6.7% <laughs> Hashtag math drop. guy. Yeah. Here's the problem, though. You look at this season, his offensive zone start percentage was only 42%. It's the same you know, he, wow. you know, he's he's being put in the same position as Evander Kane was, as Logan Couture was. Why? Because those were his line mates for the majority of the season. It seemed like no matter what, they had to go out there and take the defensive zone starts because the Sharks did not have a quality enough center on the third line to go out there and win a faceoff in the defensive zone. So what happens is you're hampering in... I don't even want to, like, I don't know how else you can really say this, is you're putting your best players in bad positions to succeed. You're setting them up for failure at the end of the day. I mean, if because, I mean, you can do this with some guys that have a good defensive side to their game forwards, you know, Uh, and you can start them in the defensive zone and things will work out, but you can't force that role onto everybody. And obviously it didn't work out for Kevin LeBanc. Yeah, and it it just goes to show is, you know, if you go back those couple years, his points per 60 was at 2.9, and now he's at 1.9. That's a full point drop per 60 minutes. Yeah. That's a huge dip for a player. You know, his Corsi is, was still pretty good because he still produced on a shitty Sharks team. One of the main reasons why is 5-on-5 five five sh- uh, shooting percentage skyrocketed up to a, nine point, uh, a 9.2. Last year, it was only at a 6.5. So he's still finding ways to produce offensively starting in his own zone. Not a lot of guys can do that. And you hope, you know, we spoke about, a, a, you know, a trade, if they're going to do a trade, you hope a team that has an advanced analytics department can take a look at this and say, you know what, he's being dealt a shitty hand right now. We could get him on the low, you know, we'll buy, we'll pay for him 75 cents on the dollar. We'll give them this or that. Cause that's what they're looking for. And we can get a 50 to 60 point guy, which is what Doug Wilson believed that he could be. And he's shown that he could be if he's put in the right position. On this Sharks team, he was not put in the correct position. So yeah, I mean, Nick, honestly, I think there's probably you know anywhere from five to ten NHL teams right now that are looking at Kevin LeBanc seriously because of all the things you just said. You know, he's been put in a bad spot here in San Jose. There hasn't been much offensive production. Realistically, this guy could be a fifty-point guy. I mean, that that's so much value around the NHL. You would give up a lot to get a player like that. And if, even if you said like we can get seventy-five cents on the dollar, I still think we're going ahead uh, at, for the San Jose Sharks. You know, you need you need to move ahead either way. 
Yeah, and you know he's a New York native, and I'm just kind of taking a look at it right now. I feel like New York could be the type of team that goes out and gets him very easily. They can afford his contract very well. Um, they he you know, fits they have in with some... the he fits in with the age of that core as well. Yeah, exactly. He's he's someone that they can plug uh, you know they can plug in, and he's got Stanley Cup playoff experience. He's a power play centric guy. He's a right handed shot. Um, on the right hand side, you know, you look at you know the one of their best right handed or right wingers is Ryan Strom, and then that's pretty much it. Yep. Not to mention he's a New York native. He's from New York. You, Take that to has the bank. That, right. Everyone has that. Um, what is that? That like want to always play for their hometown. You know, you guys would. Yep. I'm, I'm sure you and Isha would love to play for the Vancouver Canucks. I'd love. No, to I suit would up. not because I would destroy that organization <laughs> single handedly. But yes, I know what you mean. Yeah, everyone has that dream of you know playing for their hometown team, and I I do feel like personally, uh, Kevin LeBanc, a, a very equalizing or a very lo- you know logical landing spot for him could easily be the Rangers. You know, they have their first round pick this year. They don't have their second this year. Um, but they have two thirds and two fourths. So if the Sharks are looking to get a player and some picks back for them, I I, I would put the New York Rangers personally at the top of my list. Plus, they're projected with just under twenty three million dollars in salary cap. So. I like that, Nick. I like that, folks. Put fifty bucks down on that. Kevin LeBanks going to the New York Rangers. Blame Nick Floor if he doesn't. Yeah, just don't tweet at me. But yeah. make sure you're using DraftKings promo code THPN, or else you're you're actually less likely to win if you don't use DraftKings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot confirm or deny this. <laughs> um, all right, Nick, should we move on to our our report card for Kevin LeBanc? Yeah, I mean, um, we've already talked about the majority of where he's at and how he is. What what did you grade him for this season, Dylan? What'd you give him? All right, so I gave him. This is surprising because I actually gave a higher mark than than Nick. I gave him a C plus. Um, like I said, I think he played just good enough to not diminish his value too much. Like we mentioned a lot of times in this episode, I feel like he was put in positions uh, where he was set up to fail at the end of the day. I mean, that might be a bit harsh because it's really the position that the team was put in because of the depth of this organization. So I feel like all in all, he dealt with the cards, you know, that he was given pretty well. Um, you know, offense wasn't quite there, but he didn't completely dry up. So C plus, there you go. Should be happy with that. Yeah, I think that's fair. I, I, uh, I got called out by my own wife on my bias, on my grades, on the previous (laughs) season reviews. And so, uh, I, I had to rethink my, my grading curve essentially. So, you know, if you just base off of it's like then, it's like the first the first half of the tests go in the teachers grade them real easy then the principal sees it and he's like what the fuck are you doing you gotta throw some C's in there now the second half of the class comes in and they're just getting the shit end of the stick yeah you know that's it's unfortunate but hey that's life you know you know just <laughs> looking at Life's his stats not fair. looking at what he's in line for and, and I would say he was and I think this is like a fair statement here he his value was pretty much in line with what his expectation was. And, and I would grade that a B, but I personally feel like he could have produced more. So I gave him a C. And I, I think that's fair because he's still passing. He's still going to get his degree in right wingership. But um, there's a couple of things you expected a little bit more from him on. And I'm going to point the finger at the power play. And I don't, I don't care if it's the coach's problem or 
whose issue it is. It's it's my job to complain about it. So that's what I'm doing. I'm going to complain about it. And uh, Nick, I, I'm liking I'm liking your wife's influence on your on your grades here because I agree. <laughs> I think you're going too easy on the sharks early. So I, I'm liking this new harsh Nick floor. It's you know what new house. New like me. the ki- the kids in the class used to call you Nick. Now they call you Mr. Floor. Oh yeah, there you go. No more. I used to wear the the button up with the sleeves rolled up, and now there's a tie. And like, oh fuck, he means business now. Yeah, you walk in with like a ruler stick in your hand every morning. They they know what's up. Is it has etch marks in it from how many beatings I've given? <laughs> okay, let's move on. That's illegal. <laughs> um, oh yeah, that uh. So that pretty much sums up our Kevin LeBanc episode. If you agree with us, tweet at us. Let us know. Uh, we always do a little snip on Twitter as well as uh, post it on Reddit. Feel free to comment. We we love engaging with you guys in conversation on, you know, what your opinion is as opposed to what ours were. You know, we do this. It's a podcast for the viewers, essentially, or for the listeners by the listeners. So uh, feel free to tweet at us at StickHungryPod. You can also follow the network at HockeyPodNet. You can follow myself on Twitter at NickFloor underscore Dylan. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN. And a reminder, check out Everyday Hockey on YouTube. All right, folks, that pretty much sums it up for today. You guys all be careful out there. Stay safe and drink your water. Drink your water.